Hello, everyone. Sarah Hanchar here with Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. Today, my guest is Rob Lott, and he has his own podcast called The Leading Creative Podcast. And this episode and his podcast are all about creative leadership. What does that mean? Uh, Being a leader in a creative role for shows and whatnot, being a director, being an actor, being a singer himself. Um, This is what Rob is super passionate about, and he offers some really interesting insights in what it means to be a leader in a creative way. So I think that is pretty rad. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, This is my very first time doing an over-the-phone interview. Rob and I worked together back in the day, back in my Florida Disney days, and he's a totally lovely person. And this is the first time where we speak over the phone. What? We use that fancy, fancy technology to bring this podcast to you. So if you're wondering, like, this sounds a little different, that's because it was over the internet. Yay! So I also want to mention that Rob Lott, Rob A. Lott, if you want to find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Rob, one B, A, an A, Lott, two T's, L-O-T-T. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter. But most importantly to me right now at this very moment is that Rob is an expert hand farter. Now, you may know me as an expert musical arm farter, but he can make his hands do all kinds of amazing things, including beautiful musical fart noises. So he surprises me with them occasionally throughout this interview. And if you want more, head on over to patreon.com slash I think you're nice because he gives a two minute serenade that is unparalleled and it's for uh, a special treat for my patrons. So if you're interested in getting that outtake material, I have another outtake from last week's episode with Mara that's all about (laughs) when Mark McGrath had an interesting stage experience in the 90s. Again, totally Totally, totally great story. And these are special things that I set aside for my patrons. So if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash I think you're nice, or you can just go to patreon.com and look me up. Uh, my name is Sarah Hanchar. Uh, in case you forgot, help me out, uh, be a patron. So that way I can just keep on going, keep on making nice new things, keep on supporting my favorite artists and uh, passing the love on and forward for $2 a month for $28 a year. You get all all kinds of of lovely little things, lovely little treats that I have for you, my patrons. Yay! And you know what? I am super duper ultra mega glad that you're here. Truly and deeply, you being here every week means the world to me, and I'm so, so grateful. Uh, if you like me, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, and share. Yes, share it on Facebook, share it on Insta, share it on Twitter, share it wherever you want to share it. We are now getting into the holidays, right? Oh my goodness, we're seeing friends and family from all over the world, all over the country. We're getting together. And isn't it nice to have a nice topic to talk about? I think so. So yeah, share this uh, podcast with your family, with your friends, and folks you think that might enjoy it. Uh, because I think they would enjoy it because it's all kinds of topics like today is about leadership. But next week is going to be about Pike Place Market. What? It's so versatile, so interesting, and it's always something special, and it's always something nice for you. Yay! So I hope you visit me on Patreon. I hope you share, rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And I hope you come see me on Facebook and Instagram. I think you're nice is my handle there because I'm always sharing fun, nice things there. What? Impossible, but it is possible. Okay, let's jump right into this podcast. Let's jump right into this episode with my friend Rob and let's have a great time and we can do it. Yeah! Leadership. Hi. 
I think you're nice, why hi? I think you're nice, let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. And today my guest is Rob Lott, and we're going to talk about creative leadership. Hi, Rob. Hi, Sarah. This is awesome. I, I'm such a fan of you and this podcast, and I'm so Aww. thankful for you having me on your show. What? You're so nice. What? See, this is why you're on the show, Rob. Hi. I, well, I think you're nice, too. <laughs> I think you're nice. And this is um, listeners who really care about my technical process. This is my first remote it conversation. We're literally speaking across the country to each other through the power of the interwebs. Yay. Thank goodness for the power of the interwebs because Rob is in Florida. <laughs> I'm here in Seattle and there's 3,000 miles betwixt us. I'm not sure if that's the accurate usage of betwixt. Uh, it yeah, works for Rob- me. I knew what you meant. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring as many Shakespearean words I know just like into everyday conversation. Sure. It just automatically makes you sound smarter. And then the person on the other end is just is going, well, I, I feel like that made sense. Uh, like when you watch a Shakespearean play that's done well, it's like, I know what they're talking about, but I don't really know what they're talking about. But I know. Uh, yeah, but but you know, I just watched a really it was outstanding. It was some sort of online who's he what's it and it was uh taming of the shrew this woman did the most astounding job i don't know why i'm talking about it because i don't remember her name i don't remember the name of the company i don't remember <laughs> anything other than like i was like whoa <laughs> this was a truly communicative experience where i knew exactly everything she was saying and the motivation behind what she was saying um but it was done in such a way that was really new and exciting and now that i've said all that i'm probably gonna post it later any oh, you should you should yeah <laughs> Um, so Rob Lott is a very talented singer, actor, comedian, uh, physical performer. Um, I had the pleasure of working with him at Walt Disney World. And, uh, yeah. And you love leading creatively. I do. I do. No, yeah. I, I, um, uh, just to jump kind of into what we had chatted about a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't realize because I, I was um, just kind of doing my thing as an actor and um, learning how to be a, a good performer. And um, I actually went to a, I, I was given a free ticket to go to a conference in Atlanta. Um, and there was somebody stepped on stage and started talking about leadership principles and how those can be applied to anything and anywhere. And I was, I, it was strange because everybody else in the conference was kind of leaned back in their chairs and I just instinctively like sat forward and oh. was so interested and intrigued at what he was talking about because, um, I, I think that, uh, very often, especially in the artistic and creative community, um, the idea of point leadership, one single person being in charge is kind of railed against it's it's pushed against we're we're pushed to be more collaborative um and and i'm all for collaboration and at the same time a single point leader um is is vital it's necessary somebody who is making the decision to say yes this is what we're doing this is where we're going everybody follow me um and so that is the that's that's what i subscribe to and 
Um, yeah, I, this was my goodness, probably 10 or 12 years ago that this, that I went to that first conference and realized like people are talking about this subject I didn't know I was interested in. And when I, when I opened up, uh, to this thing I was interested in, it, there was a whole world of information out there. And I just dove in and started learning everything that I could about leadership, uh, and thus, uh, leadership and creativity, um, given the, the world that I typically work in. Wow. That's, that's many <laughs> years ago. Of, it is. Of finding, of finding something that brought you, um, maybe joy, but also like, I see the point of it all. We know we all have those, those moments in our lives are like, aha, yeah. that thing. Yes. I like that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, it was, I, I say somebody gave me a, a free ticket to the first conference and I bought all the other ones after that and went for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, cause I was just so, I was like, Oh, I need more of this. And it was kind of my, my yearly refocus time to get away, go to Atlanta. Um, I started inviting other people to join with me. Um, and, uh, so that was cool to kind of be able to be with them. And so I, I went to a few, a, a few more conferences after that. And, uh, and then, you know, a few other ones that came into town and, uh, and just started reading and listening to podcasts and all kinds of things about this, um, about leadership and, and all of that. And so, yeah, it grew from there, but one of the speakers that got up and I, and I don't want to get into, um, uh, bummer town, so as to say, but, um, it's one okay. of the speakers got up from bummer town. Let's learn. From oh yeah. It. I love oh it. man, this is huge. Okay. So, and, and for you listeners, I'll, I'll pass this along. You don't need to buy a ticket to this conference that already happened. There were two questions asked and then a statement. And the first question was, who are you? Uh, the second question was, what breaks your heart? Um, hmm. so the first question, who are you? Uh, and so for me, I'm, I am a husband, uh, to beautiful Kate. Um, and, uh, so, so that, that is a, a whole relationship in and of itself, but mm -hmm. I am a husband and I am a brother and I am a son and I am an uncle and I'm an actor and I'm a director and I'm a leader and I'm a, I'm a creative, uh, and I am all of those things. And, and all of those are different categories within my life. Um, and so then that, that informs the second question, what breaks your heart? Mm. So it, it might be a, it, it might sound first as, as a, a sad question, but what breaks your heart also presents a problem to be solved. So, okay. um, so for me, like, uh, when it comes to, I'll, I'll speak first and foremost about my relationship with Kate, my wife, what breaks mm. my heart is when she does not feel, um, prioritized. It breaks my heart when I, when I see that look from her that I'm out doing all of these, um, doing all these things and working on all these projects and I'm, I get up early and I stay out late doing all this stuff. And she's very supportive of me in all of that. And at the same mm -hmm. time, just a, every now and then I get that look from her that I know, okay, I'm out of balance. Uh, I'm out yeah. of balance with her. I'm, I'm not, um, maintaining the relationship with her that I, that I want to by way of she does not feel prioritized in my life. And as much as I might think that she is prioritized, my actions are not showing that. And so that breaks my heart and it puts me in a position where like, okay, now I need to solve that. I need to fix that. Um, and, and maintain that fix as long as I possibly can, um, uh, until I get out of balance again, which is inevitable. That is a cycle that she and I. Uh, have have discovered <laughs> that we're in, uh, but I try. I try as best as I can to I say, uh, maintain I think, that balance. I think that's going to be a, a thing with anybody in a relationship, even if it's with your parents or your children or your partner or your totally, you know, your coworkers or whatever. Like balancing all of that and maintaining those relationships. There's a reason. There's seven thousand billion books about <laughs> maintaining relationships. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
it's hard. And, you know, uh, that's not a new idea that it's hard, but I, I, I remember hearing a guy say one time, um, you know, we have a whole bunch of plates spinning all at the same time. And that's just the lives that we lead. We are, we are, uh, creative. We're busy people. We're entrepreneurial. We are, uh, leaders. Um, and so we just stay busy all of the time. And so yeah. we have all these different plates spinning. Um, and that's fine. And, but inevitably one of those plates is going to drop. It's going to happen. And here's the trick of, uh, of, of leadership and, and all of that. One of the tricks is that you don't let the same plate drop twice in a row. Oh. And so they're going to fall. The plate, you're, you're gonna, if you're spending time at home, that means you're missing an opportunity, uh, at work, uh, to solve a problem there. If you're at work, then you're missing an opportunity at home. If you are, uh, if you're taking vacation, then you are missing an opportunity, uh, again, you know, with, with, with work. If you are uh, just trying to keep all of this in balance and, but at the same time, if you let the same plate drop time and time again, um, then that, that plate will, will shatter it into oblivion and you, it will not be able to be put together again after too many drops. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's just a matter of making sure that you're not dropping the same plate twice. Interesting. Um, in a row. Anyway, but you're so the runner, other, you can run those plates. Yeah. I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so the other part then, um, in regard to our conversation today, um, it was, it was, uh, okay. So who are you when it comes to my leadership, my creativity, uh, my directing, my performing, um, I'll tell you what breaks my heart. And this, I think some of your listeners can, can understand this. I'm careful who I talk about this with, but it's, um, but it's, it's because it seems a little bit, um, it can seem trite, um, if, if I'm not careful in the way that I talk about it. So stick with me, listeners. What breaks my heart truly is bad theater, bad performances, bad theater and bad storytelling. And the reason it breaks my heart is because I know the value of a story well told. And I know the importance of being able to gather a group of people on stage to present a world, a slice of life, or, you know, even, even something that is fun and be able to take an audience away from their reality, their frustrations of the day and be able to give them an escape. I know the value of that. And so when it's done poorly, um, it really breaks my heart. So as a director, as an actor, um, as a creative, um, then the final statement in regard to, um, who are you? What breaks your heart? And then there's a statement, fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so go to work on fixing that thing. And that is your intersection where. Once you realize who you are and what breaks your heart, that's your intersection often can lead, lead to your life's work and the thing that you dedicate everything to, to, uh, to fix that thing. So for me, it was that intersection of leadership and creativity, uh, and that, uh, leader, leadership, um, you know, you can, you can be the most leadership needs great creativity and great creativity needs leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they go <laughs> hand in hand. <clears throat> and yes, so, um, if you, if you can, um, uh, you can have all of the, the ideas in the world, the creative ideas out of the box thinking in the world. But if you don't have the, the influence, the leadership, uh, potential to get those ideas out there and, and execute them, then what good are those ideas? And vice versa, you can be a high end influential leader, but if you have nothing new to say, nothing new to contribute creatively, then what good is that leadership? You aren't leading any, you aren't leading people into something new. You're just leading people where they are. And that actually is called management. Um, anyway, so you got me going oh. on a, on a, on a whole big thing there. 
Yeah, no, this is why we're here. We're here for jibber jabber and like going, not that you, what you said. <laughs> Obviously, I don't mean to like, <laughs> sorry, that sounded really condescending. No. <laughs> we're here to talk about the little jibber jabber, Rob, and all those super duper things you think, huh? No, um, but no, tangents are why we're here also. Well, good, that, good. That was happy to help. That was very educational. I guess yeah. I haven't thought about it in those particular, um, uh, not to brag, but <laughs> I'm in a lot of therapy. Uh, but oh, yeah? name it Me to too. name it. Oh, therapy is so good. Everyone. Yeah. Go see your no, it's, Help it's yourself. awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> you, you get, you, you have paid for the right to tell them all of your problems and they are not allowed to be judgmental. <laughs> yeah. And they, well, and I mean, what I, what I think is so interesting from what you said, you, you know, who are you? What breaks your heart and fix it is that the old, uh, phrase of name it to tame it. Okay, so mm. I am, I am heartbroken over this. Okay, how can I fix that? And now that I know that, um, it gives you maybe a, a clearer path or somewhat clearer path. For instance, that's why I began this podcast. I am Sarah. I am, you know, a, a wife, a daughter, an actor, a, a nice person on earth. And what breaks my mm -hmm. heart is all the bummer things on this planet. Mm. You know, everything from, uh, politically to, you know, just uh, the education system. Da, 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 da. There's a million things that really break yeah. my heart. And I personally cannot fix everything. But what I can do is provide maybe an hour of your day that is kind, supportive, loving, and, um, you know, interesting and educational as well. Yeah. So, so that's what brought me to do this podcast in the first place was I was feeling heartbroken and hopeless. So I wanted to be somebody who is actively doing something kind and good and sunshine and unicorns in a that. chill, loving way, hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, I, I, I love that so much. And I, I, I too have a podcast and, and for me, yes, you do. So very, good. very. Well, thank you. Um, for very much along the same lines, it became a matter of an, uh, an integrity issue for me. Mm -hmm. Um, where I knew, okay, like, I, I feel like I have something to contribute to the world, but I'm just kind of quietly sitting on it or having conversations one-on-one -on -one with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not using kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm not making my contribution in a way that might be uh, most valuable and helpful for people. And, it, and that was an integrity issue that I was not doing the things that I said that I would do um, and not being the person that I say that I am by not contributing um, to that leadership and creative conversation. And it sounds like the same thing with you that you were, it, it was just, it was something that you, you had to, you had to do. If you didn't do it, um, you would not be being true to yourself. Yeah. I would just be a lot more crying in the basement and no one wants that. <laughs> so instead I'm, I'm, uh, creating in the basement. I love that. I love that so much. I, I have heard it said, uh, none of us are going to change the world, but all of us have been called to change something. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And so if all of us are changing something, then together we can change the world. We sure can. If we all yeah. just, my God, yeah, just, we all just try like a little bit. We don't have to let's all sing, do everything. Let's all Let's do sing something. a song about it. <laughs> let's all gather, <laughs> gather, hold hands, gather around these microphones and turn on the cameras. Let's, let's sing a song about it. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that's what I wish for is like for just mm -hmm. constant musicals coming up and we all are like, hey, why are we fighting? Let's go have, you know, a, let's go have a sandwich. A smoothie. 
Let's have a, a smoothie, smoothie together. And yeah. a sandwich and we hold hands. So I guess the, that first part of what you were talking about is why you were first um, interested in, in inspired to become a leader or, or a leader, like an everyday leader in every capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I guess, have we covered like, why is that your quest in order to be genuine to yourself is why you wanted to be this leader? Well, I, I think that, <clears throat> I think that, uh, everybody has leadership capability in, within them. And, and oftentimes I think there's a, a misunderstanding, um, of what leadership requires of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite definition of leadership is that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So leadership being influence that our, if we all have influence somewhere. Um, and so what we do with that influence is leadership. Um, and so there's, there is a, a level of, um, that each of us perform in, in all of our different capacities on a daily, daily basis, be it at work, be it at home, be it, uh, really anywhere. We all have a certain level of leadership. And sometimes that leadership influence, um, is higher or lower depending on, on where you are and what you're doing. But you don't need a title per se to be a leader. Um, oftentimes people th- will think, well, I, you know, may- when, once I reach that leadership position, that is when I will really start leading. And it's actually the other way around that you begin leading in order to be recognized as somebody who has leadership potential. And those are the people that are promoted into the quote unquote titled leadership positions. So, um, you, you don't need a title in order to be a leader. That's not a new idea, but oftentimes people just really get, get tripped up of going, well, that's not my job. It's not my job mm-hmm. to maintain quality. It's not my job to, uh, to speak to, into a problem that needs to be solved. That's somebody else's job. That's the leader's job. The, the, uh, president of the company or the, the you know, the, ex- uh, the, the executive yeah, like the producer or, or, yeah, that's yeah, somebody else's job. Else. When really, at the end of the day, if you have a solution for it, just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it. You know, and, and that might create confusion and issues. Uh, <laughs> you might think it would create confusion and issues. You might that clearly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but at the same time, I think especially when it comes to um, just when, when we're putting it through the filter of influence and going, okay, what is the influence that I hold? How can I use that influence to make this thing better? Um, I use, um, for me, I, I really do truly, I cannot point to a performance ever where I kind of, I I shouldn't say ever, but once I started doing this research, uh, and doing Mm -hmm. this training for myself, um, and realized, oh, I have an opportunity as a performer, as an actor, as an entertainer, I have an opportunity to influence the people around me that they will want to rise to my hope my hoped for level of performing, um, as opposed to sinking down to, uh, where like, okay, what can I get away with? What, um, what, what inside jokes can I bring onto the stage uh, that the audience Uh. is completely unaware of? What, um, you know, what things can I do to keep myself entertained? Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if I'm going, okay, uh, I, how can I, um, uh, perform in a way that the audience has zero distractions? Uh, how can I perform in a way that the audience feels included in what I'm doing? They feel like a vital member of mm-hmm. the people in this audience. What can I do for that? And then the other performers around me will see that time and time again. And that builds influence to where they want to rise up and meet me there. Um, 
but then also on and and that is leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, then then there's others though. I step on stage and I go, oh, I see what they're doing. I want to join them up there. How do I get up to where they are? How do and they have influenced me and they are leading me to a to be a better performer. Um, and so, uh, so when you, when you ask the, the, the question of, uh, why do I do this? Um, frankly, um, taking shortcuts, um, and, uh, trying to find ways to entertain myself is actually more, um, it's, it's more difficult. Uh, it's more depleting. It, it makes me more tired at the end of the day that I was searching for ways to not do my job well than mm-hmm. if I had just done my job to the best of my ability, you know, shows fly by when you are fully engaged and, uh, uh, and interested in the show that you are doing, the show flies by. Whereas if you're trying to find ways to entertain yourself, then oftentimes the, yeah, yeah, oftentimes the show just drags on and on and on. So it's actually easier. In my opinion, it's easier to do your best (laughs) than, than to (laughs) trying to find the shortcuts to, to not do your best. And so it's, it's a weird it's a weird, uh, uh, juxta, uh, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, well, uh, 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 paradox. It's a weird paradox, paradox maybe we where, where you are, you're actually working harder, um, because it's easier. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, no. a. <laughs> it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And as you're speaking, I, of course, am applying it to my own life because how dare I think about somebody else for a minute. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm recalling these days, like back, back in the Disney days when you're doing, you know, depending on what stage you're on, you know, you're doing five between five and eight shows a day mm-hmm. and you are absolutely right. Those times when I'm like, uh, how can I muscle? Can I, how can I just shorten this? What can I cut? What can I, you know, very selfishly, you know, it's 90 degrees outside. I'm yeah. hot. I'm on fire. Yeah. That I is do? real. Yeah. That is, legit um but at the same time the audience is on fire they spent a like their time with us their money with us and so the days when i was like when i when i eventually did turn this corner um it, i realized yeah it's a hundred percent easier just to do a good job connect enjoy your time with your guest um, we, we've done various shows and the shows I, I typically did were like one-on-one with guests or like on the floor with them or outside with them. They earn our performance. You know what I mean? Mm, they deserve yeah. our best. And at the end of the day, it's your face. It's your face on the project. It's your face in those pictures. It's your face. And if you feel comfortable half-assing it, then maybe this is no longer the job for you. Totally. Which is, you know, which is totally yeah. fair because there's a hundred percent. It's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. But yeah. But, finding, finding but you gotta, you gotta get out. You gotta get out before, <laughs> before it becomes not totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have assumed, um, there, uh, I heard a guy say, um, and I, I have assumed it as my own and it's this idea of make it worth it. Make it worth oh, it for you. Make it yeah. worth it for the audience. Make it worth it for the director, for the writer, for the designers. Make it worth it for everybody. The other, the, your fellow performers on stage. Um, you all got up today and came in to do this thing. So let's mm-hmm. make it worth it for each other. Let's make it, you know, when we go home at the end of the day, we should be able to say that was worth it. I'm glad I did that. Um, yeah. as opposed to, ugh, 
uh, what what was the point of that? That was that was a waste of time, and the audience sh- certainly shouldn't feel that way. Um, and and likewise, we shouldn't feel that way leaving the, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's beautiful. Make it worth it. I was going to say this also that, and and this is just my some of my personal thoughts on it. Uh, and uh, this whole conversation apparently has been my personal thoughts um, that, um, okay. So somebody is, oh, so as a director, um, and this is something for me that I've kind of set my sights on that as a director, um, whenever a show has finished, um, everybody's going to go and update their resume and say that they did this show with you. And they're going to list you as a director. They're going to list you as somebody who helped them along. Mm-hmm. And when that person goes to their next audition, um, and they see my name on their resume, I want to be proud of that person oh, who is auditioning. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah. when somebody finishes a show with me and my team, everybody should be better afterwards. Everybody should be a better performer, um, have a, a new a new tool in the tool belt, a new toy in the toy box that they know how to play with, um, that they should all be better as they're coming out so that when they go to their next audition and our show is listed and my name is listed there as the director, that people go, Oh my goodness. I'm so I, you, you worked with him. Uh, people are always better after they've worked with him. That's my hope. That's, that's a lofty goal. Um, but lofty goal. But it's, it's one that I, th- I think is worth pursuing. Um, so, you know, taking that time in a rehearsal process, so often rehearsals fly by so fast. They have to, uh, time is money in, in so many different capacities. But if you have the opportunity to pull back and go, okay, let's work on the craft. Um, uh, I know that's not necessarily what everybody signed up for, but what if we take this scene and really do a scene study and really do a, um, you know, a, a, a an, an artistic actory, um, approach to this sure, and really, sure. really work on not just this show and this scene, but work on what we are bringing individually to it so that you're, you're getting better from show to show to show. Um, and I think that's a responsibility of the director, uh, that people are better after having been worked with that said director anyway yeah no that that makes a lot of sense i remember one show uh we did um i did anyway uh where we really focused on status uh there are so many different ways to play status but we hadn't really talked about it or thought about it you know we were so focused on this that and the other and then like adding the status element added about 400 new jokes yes a level of connectivity like you know the low status was on the side of the audience and the higher status like we were all laughing at the high status person and blah 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 so you know you take those moments to do those actory things it pays off it, pays it really does it works and it feels, I think for some actors, it feels as though, you know, I, when I say, um, it's not something that you signed up for, oftentimes when you show up to rehearsal and the director wants to do, you know, I'm not saying do zip, zap, zap, but at the same time, I, I, I love zip, zap, zap. And, but like doing zip, zap, zap without recognizing why we're doing zip, zap, zap, uh, that's when it becomes a problem. Like if we're just doing it as a warm up, but then not, relaying that back to why, how that will help us in the scene. Um, Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes a problem in my opinion. But I think oftentimes um, actors will, professional actors um, are, are often the most guilty of this, of going, I already did that work. I already did that homework back in college. I already did that homework years ago. I'm ready to just jump in and I already have that skill. That might very well be true. And at the same time, well, uh, uh, one of our, our mutual friends, I, I imagine, you know, Philip Nolan, you know, Philip Nolan. I do not very well, but I do know. Oh Philip my Nolan. goodness. 
Philip Nolan is, is fantastic. And just what I, I have long said about Philip, Philip Nolan, he, uh, whenever I see him in a show, most often he has the monologue that leads right into intermission. And if you Ooh. ever want people to stay for act two, make sure that Philip Nolan has the last line of act one. Um, <laughs> because yeah, he just like, there's act. just some, the way he's incredible. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he talks about, uh, that there is no such thing as, um, advanced improvisation. There's only the basics. Uh, and I think that that applies to so much of our, of, of our artistry of what we put out there, that there is no such thing as advanced acting. There's only the basics. There's no such thing as advanced singing. There's only the basics. And once you've learned the basics and the, 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 you know, really mastered those basics, you can apply them to more, uh, complex things, but you're always going to be coming back to the basics. So uh, you know, when it comes to the rehearsal time, did you spend the time on the basics so that when you're doing the more complex things later, you have uh, the ability to, to do those things a little bit faster? Um, I think you can be reliant on the basics for that. Uh, I was thinking of it in terms of like primary colors. You have your primary colors and there now you have the whole rainbow. Yes. You have to know how to work with each color to get what you want out of it. So it starts incredibly, incredibly simple and uh, but, you know, as we all know, the simple things aren't simple. <laughs> no. <laughs> nor, nor are they easy, especially when we're talking about singing or acting or improv. Um, yeah. Those those lessons. That's why I think that's why it's always, for me anyway, why it's still fresh, why it's still fun, but why it's still interesting, because uh, it never, never stops evolving if you're willing to, you know, take a take a gander at it at its, at yeah. its core, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dig down deep. We were talking about Shakespeare earlier and mm-hmm. who was I who was I listening to? It was a podcast, an interview with somebody who was talking about their time. Oh, uh it was with um Stephen Colbert. He was talking okay. about he, he when he was early on, he was really focused on acting and then he discovered improvisation. Uh <laughs> but he was really focused on acting and um his acting teacher would would make them read uh the the Shakespearean sonnets. They were not allowed to step on stage until they had read through the sonnet at least 10 times. And it was typically on the eighth or ninth time that they would go, this is ridiculous. I, I think I've gotten everything that I need to. And then on the 10th time, the whole thing would unravel itself and just, and, and open up with all kinds of new information and new meaning and new hidden context. Um, and so then it pushed them to want to read it 20 times and want to read it 50 times. Um, and not only does that help with the memorization, but it also, the whole thing, unfolds but yeah you're right you can upon first reading everything seems simple um and then you then you open it up the more the more you work on it it becomes super complex yeah and once you once you get on your feet it's a whole other story it's like what who even am i how are right. arms? What, are, what are legs what mouth mouth happens and that's what makes a truly great performer um, <laughs> when they ask so, what mouth happens <laughs> what mouth all mouth? those before stepping on stage tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if you're if you're listening, be sure to ask yourself as you're waiting in the wings, what mouth happens? <laughs> now everyone's like, oh, no, I don't know how to perform right. anymore. Ah. <laughs> um, has anything surprised you about your leadership journey that you surprised about yourself or surprised about your, um, you know, your performance and etc. Yeah. We kind of covered things. Anything in particular stick out to you? Um, you know, it, I think it's one of those classic, uh, situations. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
I, I, I definitely, <clears throat> and for those of us who, um, who are, who love like the personal development books and they love this idea of leadership and they watch all the TED talks and, uh, go to the conferences, listen to all the podcasts and they read all the books and they do all the stuff to, to become the best that they can be. Um, oftentimes, and I, I have definitely been guilty of this until I was called out on it. Um, and, and, and what can happen is that you become so educated, um, that you expect excellence from everyone all the time, including yourself. And you don't make allowance for mistakes. Uh, you don't make, you know, if, if there's always that hindsight where you look back and you say, wow, you know, that stage manager should have approached it this way. That problem that happened on stage, the director probably should have approached it this way. And you're able to look back because you've read all the books and listened to all the talks and, mm -hmm. and you go, well, I know how this should have been handled. Well, you know, they were probably doing the best that they could with what they had in that, with the time that they had and the information that they had. Um, and it's really easy to look, look at other leaders, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, across the way and go, well, you know, they really should have done it this way. Um, the more I learn about leadership and creativity um, and that intersection, um, the more allowance I have for um, when people make bad calls. Um, and, and I don't, I, I shouldn't say that I have an allowance for making a bad call, a bad call like, and not fixing it. Don't make it an allowance. What happens? <laughs> well, uh, on, well, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just for me, even personally of just going, man, I, I, I can't beat myself up for, for making a mistake in a rehearsal mm -hmm. for having lost time, or maybe yeah, uh, there was a time uh, about a year or so ago, I was working on, on a, on a show and we were in the final throws of tech week and somebody asked if they could have time to run that scene one more time. And honestly, uh, and it pains me to say this, but I snapped at them a little bit and I said what I said and the way I said it to them was very snarky. Mm. Uh, and, and, and immediately there was this rush over me of going, Rob, that is not who you are. And that is not, <laughs> that is not what you, how you want to be perceived right now. Thankfully, you are still a person though. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and thankfully in earlier on in the week, um, <clears throat> I had said, okay, everybody, we're going into tech week. And that means that we're all not going to get enough sleep, that we're all going to be overworked. And, mm -hmm. uh, so everybody gets big, giant heap loads of grace and forgiveness. Um, and, and that starts with me. I will give all of that to all of you. And I ask that you give it to me. So thankfully I had already set that groundwork of going, I'm probably going to snap at some point this week. And I'm apologizing sure. now <laughs> that this is going to happen. <laughs> and then when it did, uh, you know, it was, it was probably, it felt, it felt longer than what it was, but it, it was probably a couple of seconds before I said, guys, and I, everybody in the room, I believe wholeheartedly, whatever level your offense is, your apology also has to be at that same level. And so everybody who was in the room who heard my snap uh, happen, who heard me kind of say that snarky thing, um, all of those same people had to hear my apology uh, and my, and my backpedaling and, and going, I'm so sorry, everybody. That's that what the way I said that is not the way that I meant it. And my sincere apologies and everything was fine after that. <clears throat> but it's, it's definitely like, like I say, the, the surprising thing was not that um, the surprising thing that I've learned um, is that um, 
everybody, everybody is learning it their own way and everybody's just doing, doing it the best that they can, the best that they know how to do it. And when you know of a different, better way to do it, um, that might just be something for you to file away so that if you're presented with the same situation in a couple of months or in a couple of days, then you can approach it that way. But otherwise just give them some forgiveness and some grace and know that they're just leading as best as they know how to as well. Well, yes, that's, that's lovely because everyone's on various points of their journey and various people have maybe leadership isn't necessarily what their grand goal is. Maybe, maybe there's another or another uh, something else that's motivating them that yeah. isn't purely leadership based, which yeah. would look very different than your, maybe your motivation. So sure. it is interesting to take it case by case, person by person, show by show, uh, to see. I mean, there are, are of course, <clears throat> more, uh, black and white moments where you're like, woof. There were a million ways to do that differently. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important to take stock of, uh, not only where they're going and what they're doing, but also like how, how maybe, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you already know this from all the things you've read, but not, your way isn't always the best way. Just like my way isn't always right. the best way. And like, right. there is no like, quote unquote, like best proper way. Um, right. But just variations thereof that will get you, that will make you successful, make your show and your team successful. But also, um, yeah, that grace is super important. <laughs> I have a hard time giving that to myself. Um, so learning that is, is constant. I'm just constantly learning that. I don't know about you, but like giving yeah. yourself a break. Like, why did I do this perfectly? Ah. <laughs> um, I, I, I have heard, um, there's a guy who equated, uh, leadership, um, to a speedboat, uh, going through a uh, big wide open water. Speedboat. I love okay. speedboats and there, and you have the wake behind the speedboat, right? And as long as the, the speedboat is going straight ahead, then the wake behind them is even on both sides. But as soon as the speedboat leans in one direction or the other, then the wake behind them also, uh, gets bigger on one side or the other. Um, mm -hmm. and he, he refers to the wake, <clears throat> both sides of the wake, one side of the wake is results and the other side of the wake is relationships. So, mm -hmm. so as you're, as you're, as long as the, the boat can go straight ahead, then it's really easy to maintain results and relationships and keep those in balance. But as soon as something comes in the way of the boat, that the boat has to go one way or the other, then there's going to be a rise in results or there's going to be a rise in relationships. Um, and the value, the importance is maintaining the balance between the two and never letting the one side get higher for too long, uh, uh, never letting the one wake become higher for too long. Otherwise, then you'll notice that the, the speedboat is just kind of going in a circle um, and not really actually going anywhere. So uh, that, that idea of results and relationships um, can be a driving force for me. And when you talk about res results that, uh, and you talk about, well, there's no one right way to to do things. There's, there's many right ways of doing things. Um, that gets into the idea that, uh, that I believe of, I, I delegate results. I don't delegate how to do something. I'll just say, uh -huh. here's, here's the result that I'm after. Um, I don't care how you do it. Don't mm -hmm. break the law and don't, <laughs> and don't be mean. 
But at the same time, uh, here's the result that we're after. So I'm going to hand this off to you and you do it however best you think. And, and I'm not going to pay attention to the efficiencies or the, uh, you know, the, the detailed um, organization of the whole thing. I'm not going to pay any, any attention to how you're doing it as long as the result is what we're after. Um, and, and it just frees up everyone to go, Oh, great. Rob has asked me to do this thing and he's asked me to do it in a way that, um, I I'm free to do it however I want, as long as I get to the, to the goal line and, and, and it looks the way that he asked for it to look. Yeah, that's lovely. And having that trust then gives people a lot of freedom to do what they know how to do. Yeah. Um, I, I love one of your episodes where you, you said, what was it? The, the classic mistake or the something where, uh, you had something particular in mind and you asked someone to do it exactly that way. And that didn't turn out necessarily the way you'd hoped. And then you just let them do what they had wanted to do in the first place. And it turned out beautifully. <laughs> So, yeah, it was, like, it was the, uh, it, the idea was to see what the talent does first. Yeah. You've hired somebody because you appreciate their talent and their taste. So trust their talent and their taste. That's why you asked them to join the team. And, uh, and, and off I, I broke a personal rule of, <laughs> we were working on a project, um, on a cruise ship actually. Uh, and we had a two hour tech where our creative team was meeting up with the cruise ships uh, crew. Um, and so, uh, now granted we didn't know each other, but at the same time we had to get a lot of work done quickly. And so I was, I came in with, you know, guns ablaze going, Hey everybody, I'm the director. Here's what we're doing. And the way that I wanted to do it was actually not the best, most efficient, right way of doing it. Um, and yeah. as soon as I realized that and I took a step back and I said, you know what, actually you guys are the experts. Why don't you all, here's, here's what we're going, here's what we're after. Here's what we want the end result to be. You guys go to work on that. And sure enough, within about 20 minutes, we were absolutely on track. Um, and everything was, was delightful and wonderful and great. Um, oh. I had to just actually get out of the way <laughs> to let everybody yeah, do I, what they do. It's sometimes as a, as a person who is an overcontrolled personality where I'm like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Beep, bop, boop, bop, boop. And, um, like, ha like letting go of my ego for a minute and letting go mm -hmm. of control into perfectly unbelievably capable talented they're people are great just give them a minute sarah uh, if, uh, <laughs> just if give them I a second tell myself <laughs> yeah yeah and it's uh, it's so, it's hard yeah. it's hard to um to sit there and kind of watch and go oh i can just give you this answer really really fast i can just get this done for you really quick and to wa mm -hmm. watch and see them try to figure something out that maybe it's a problem that you've already solved, but at the same time, that steals then from their ability to feel like you are, that you do trust them. Um, if you just swing it now, you know, there's something to be said for, Hey, it's, it's the 11th hour. We are, we are opening in 10 minutes. We got to open the house. Like, let's just get this done. And yeah, you swing in and you, yeah, you get it done fast. But if you do have the time and more often than not, you do have the time, then mm -hmm. just let, 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 let the person figure it out. Give them, give them their time to be creative. Uh, and that will, that will do wonders to build trust. And what I especially love about that kind of process is that they're going to do something that, again, I'll speak for myself. Um, when I've, I've commissioned art for the, the podcast and for various things, um, also a friend named Rob mm. and he, and I, I would give, I'm like, here are five things I would like this art to have. And then he did something amazing and beautiful. And then I had a couple of tweaks, but by giving that trust and by 
working with somebody on your team and letting them do their thing, they're going to do something that you personally can't do. Like I personally couldn't have made what he made. And just mm. like, I wouldn't have come up with that choreography. Or I wouldn't have come up with that dialogue or it's, and that's the exciting part is seeing the talent in others bring something to the table that never even crossed my mind Yeah, because I may think I'm the super funniest, uh, most clever person <laughs> in the world, but believe it or not, other people are also like super funny, clever, talented. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and it's wonderful to, to let that breathe and let them, uh, do that to not let them, but enjoy their, their process. No. Well, yeah. Stand back and, and do, do let them, yeah, let, let them have their, their moment to speak up and speak out. And yeah, I, 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 I very much believe, um, rarely am I the smartest person in the room, but oftentimes I am the leader. Rarely am I the smartest person in the room, okay. but oftentimes I am the leader. <laughs> and so what that means is, okay, my job is to find out who who in the room is is the smartest in any given area, any given problem that we're trying to solve and make mm -hmm. sure that they have a voice in this conversation um, the, of the problem we're trying to solve. Uh, yeah. And and so I don't um, one of the reoccurring themes on my podcast is the idea um, that your your team should not be uh, uh, sorry, the, the members of your team should not be well rounded. The members of your team should be sharp. So that your team altogether is well-rounded. Find people who are sharp in their area of expertise um, so that when you need to use that tool, that person of a tool in the, in the toolbox, um, then, then you have access to, to somebody who is really smart in that area. So d develop those teams that are well-rounded that way. Um, and so that idea of stepping back and going, you know what? Uh, I am just the leader who will probably make the final decision as to what we're going to do, but I need everyone's input, um, as to how we're going to solve this problem. Uh, because that's, that is, that is, we will find the best solution together as opposed to me just swinging in and saying, here's what we're doing. So it's, it's scary to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way sometimes? I do. Um, especially, yeah, it's, uh, you know, your, your name is, is listed, um, sometimes above or, or just below the title of the project. And, um, and it, it definitely, um, there's a, there's a, a tension there, um, because it is personal. Um, I, I don't believe that the work that we do, the, um, the projects that we lend our name and our time and our talent to, I don't believe that in a separation of, well, that's, that, that is the project that is not me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do believe that you have left a piece of yourself with that project every time you, you work on something like, you know, any kind of creative endeavor. Everybody is involved. Everybody has a, um, a personal attachment to it. So I don't believe in that separation. When somebody says, well, you know, don't take it personally. Well, that's really hard when it was your idea. It's really hard <laughs> to not take it personally when <laughs> it was your leadership that made or broke the, the project. And so, um, yeah, that is scary. And there's certainly, um, on, on the things that I, I, on the, the shows that I direct, um, there are definitely nights where I am, my head springs off the pillow at 2 a.m. of going, Oh, I, I forgot to do that thing and it's, it's not going to get done. And I, and I just feel this tension of the show is going to be terrible now because I didn't do this part. Um, oh, and, no. and yeah, but then I, I am hopefully able to either write it down, <clears throat> um, 
you know, send a reminder to myself of going, okay, you can't deal with that now. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. Everybody's asleep. So just go back to sleep. <laughs> and oftentimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to deal with it with a little bit of a more cooler head. But, um, yeah, there's absolutely, it's, it's scary. Leadership is scary. Um, uh, you are, um, not literally, but you're, you're figuratively running into a dark cave, um, and saying, everybody follow me. I'm sure I can navigate us through this. This thing <laughs> has never, nobody's it. been be in fun. here ever before. Don't worry about it. Just follow me. Uh, and everybody's going, okay, we're behind you. And you're running into a dark cave, not knowing where you're going, but expecting everybody to be right there behind you. And so that's scary. Um, yeah. but, uh, hopefully you have somebody on your team that goes, Hey, um, so we did some research and it turns out in about 20 feet, you should probably stop running because there's a, a wall. Um, and so, uh, have those people on your team that are the navigators and they'll, they'll look out for you in your, in your robust leadership. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, so what would you, because I, I agree with, uh, we were talking earlier about being an you know, dress for the job you have, lead for the job you have, or yeah. lead for, excuse me, dress for the job you want. So, yeah. you know, lead for the position that you want. So yeah. how can people always, like, what would you recommend for those of us who want to lead on a daily basis? Maybe we don't make a lot of impact. Maybe we, uh, you know, like professional impact or creative impact, but we're a part mm -hmm. of things. So is there anything you'd recommend for folks who, you know, want to be like illustrate more leadership or how we can lead yeah. every day? Oh, who was it that said, uh, we, we are what we, we, we are what we repeatedly think about just that idea of even, even if it's just I, I, like I heard years ago, cause I, when I was growing up, I did not love reading. Um, the, 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 I, I just didn't love reading. Uh, I, I, um, and it was because. Oh yeah. Well, it was because somebody, somebody was, was given the required reading in school. Um, you know, they would take four or five pages to describe a tree and it was a beautiful description of the tree, but it was four or five pages and about halfway through the first paragraph, I was going, I got it. It's a big, giant, beautiful tree. I, I get it. And, and I just couldn't get through the, the next couple of pages. And. Uh, but then somebody handed me a book on something that I did care about, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and it was, you know, leadership and creativity that people are writing about this kind of thing. And so what I've learned about myself is, um, I don't, I still have a short attention span. Um, and, and that serves me well, uh, creatively, but it also is a hindrance. Um, you know, the blessing and a curse of, of, of having a short attention span. Um, but what I've learned is I can read four or five different books at any one given time because I will read for 15 to 20 minutes on one subject from one book. And then I can shift gears, read a different book on a different subject, uh, for about 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and that will, and, and, and so then I can read for a long time. Um, I bring that up to say that, um, I heard it once said, and I have put it to the test and have found it to be mostly true. If you read for 20 minutes a day, just 20 minutes a day, if you read, um, nonfiction, um, uh, on subjects that you care about and want to learn about and, and will help you in, in your future endeavors, if you read for just 20 minutes a day at the end of a year, you will have read 20, 200 page books. And so I, I put this to the test and for the most part, it's true. Now, finding a 200 page book is sometimes difficult. Uh, they usually, uh, <laughs> they're, they're more or less. Um, and so I will chime in from anywhere between, uh, 15 or 25 books that I read in a year. Um, 
but those are on subjects of leadership and creativity and, and things that I care about. Uh, and so for you, if there's anything that you want to, oh, that's the other thing is that if you read five books on any one subject, um, chances are good that will make you the expert in the room, um, on that subject. Uh, and so, yeah. And so if you're, if you're, if you want to become better at something, go find five books, buy them so you can write in them and underline and, uh, highlight and, and do all the things that, that you aren't allowed to do with library books, um, yes. or digital books for that matter. Uh, but, but go ahead and, 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 and buy them, own them, read them 20 minutes a day. And, and re really within a couple of months, you will have read five books on a subject that makes you now the expert in the room. Um, and, and so not, not that there isn't more to learn, but just more often than not, you sit down at a table and people just don't have five books worth of knowledge on any one subject. That's a long winded answer to say it's the, the process starts small, but it is, um, if you do it over time, um, that you just, just doing a little bit every day over a long period of time, uh, will develop you to be the leader that you want to be in any area that you want to be that leader. Um, so, uh, my, my, uh, habits consist of reading for 20 minutes a day. Uh, 20 minutes is the minimum. Uh, but I will, um, I, I already did my 20 minutes today before I chatted with you. Uh, Please but 20 go. minutes, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, 20 minutes is the minimum. You can do more, but 20 minutes is the minimum on, on reading. Um, and then I subscribe to a whole bunch of podcasts, uh, all about leadership and creativity. And I listen to those on my drive just cause I'm, I'm just naturally interested in them. And so, uh, yours is one that comes up regularly cause I love, um, just the people that you talk to and getting and hearing what they have to say about their, nice? uh, they're so nice, but I also there's those little you. nuggets that I can steal for myself and go, Nope, stealing that. That's mine. Now I'm going to apply that to my life. Um, <laughs> I loved a good nugget. Go for the, it. the conversation. You know what? I, it, uh, it was such a small thing, but I was like, Oh my goodness, that makes a world of difference. The, um, you, your conversation with joy Anderson, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you were talking about the, uh, uh about her with the Rockettes okay. and she said, you, they don't touch each other when they're doing the kick line. They don't lean on each other and it's up to everybody. Yes, they have to work together, but they're not actually touching each other. It looks like their, their arms are draped over each other and they're using all of each other's weight and strength to, to push like, up for those kicks, but they're not, yeah. they're all working independently, but all together at the same time. And just that idea led to a whole bunch of thinking on my end where I was like, oh my goodness, there's a lot to be applied there. But it's, it's little things like that. I listen to podcasts regularly about the subject that I want to become better at and lead better in. Um, I read books and I have conversations and I, you know, like so many of your listeners, I, I'm sure like I, I watch all the Ted talks about the things that I care about. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's an intentional, um, uh, 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 John Maxwell talks about every day I read, every day I write, every day I reflect. Um, and, it, and he, this is coming from a guy who's literally written well over a hundred best-selling books uh, on leadership. Um, on yeah. Leadership and alone. on leadership Dang. alone. And, and it's because every single day he reads and he writes and he reflects and that, that reflective part, um, maybe, maybe he, he river, he reads, he reflects, and then he writes. Um, but that reflective part, taking that time to do those three things in any given day, um, over time will just automatically make you better. You do the, you do the thing. What it always boils down to is, uh, do the thing in your case. The reason I said it was surprising that you didn't consider yourself a, or you weren't a reader at first 
yeah. in, in your youth, because you have something that you call the empty shelf challenge. And yeah, I, I've been curious about that. Is that something you set up for yourself? Is that no. something that you found somewhere? That was a, yeah, I found that somewhere. And, and the idea is, is kind of, it tends to be the reverse of what people think. So it, maybe it's not very well titled. Uh, but there's an author named John Acuff who is, um, he's a, an excellent speaker, um, very funny, but also very motivating. And, um, he would not say he's a motivational speaker. And at the same time, that's, that is what he ends up doing. Uh, but he, he, he talks about uh, a lot about, um, uh, starting and finishing. Um, and, and, uh, he has a great book called do over of, you know, what happens, uh, when you have to kind of midway, uh, sorry, I'll just mention this, that he, um, the idea, like when we were kids and playing kickball, uh, in, in the yard with all the neighborhood kids, um, and there was a, a kid would kick the ball. It would not go the direction that he wanted it to go. And he would immediately throw his hands up in the air and say, I'm doing a do over. That's a do over. I'm having a do over. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. And he's, and he said in the book, Legit. what, when did we give up our right for the do over? And, you know, what happens in life when, you know, we kick the ball and it doesn't go the direction we want to go. We ought to be able to throw our hands up and say, okay, well, everybody stop. I'm doing a do over. And that needs to be okay with everyone. Uh, anyway, so he, but he started the thing called the empty shelf challenge. Uh, and in which he just cleared a shelf in his office, uh, cleared a shelf. And he said, by the end of the year, I want to have filled this shelf with the books that I read this year. Um, and so the, the challenge is that you start with an empty shelf, um, and that you, you put the books onto the shelf so that by the end of the year, it is no longer empty. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I do that with, with, like I said, um, just reading 20 minutes a day. And that is a way for anybody else who knows about the challenge. Uh, you can, cl I, I always do a hashtag on my, on the quotes that I share or, you know, the, the, the pictures that I post, uh, of any of the illustrations and stuff in the not drawn illustrations, but little quotes and things that I'll put on Instagram, uh, which I have nothing against, uh, illustrated books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those, th th those books are a lot easier to get through in 20 minutes. Um, but they, <laughs> but just that I will, I'll use that hashtag, hashtag empty shelf challenge and I'll put the year on there. And it's easy for me to then go back and catalog, you know, see the catalog of things that I learned sure. on any given year, but also anybody else who is also doing the challenge, uh, empty shelf challenge. Uh, you can look and see what everybody else is up to with their, with their thing. So that was started by John Acuff. Um, and so that's where that comes from. Awesome. Um, I know you've got to get going here soon. I want to ask one more question. Yeah. Um, if anything funny or interesting has happened on your journey that has made you LOL, if you will. Oh, I just said LOL. Do over. <laughs> I'm calling a do over. Loud. <laughs> I'm doing a do over. Everyone deal with it. <laughs> um, uh, specifically like in, in my leadership and, and creativity journey or just in life, what makes me laugh out loud? Uh, in this case, I was looking for something in your, your leadership journey. Uh, but if something just in general that's funny and a good story, <laughs> you know, just um, whatever you want, Rob. <laughs> well, you know what? I, 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 um, I don't have anything specific, um, in my, in my leadership journey, but I will say this, um, that I, I think, um, 
that if you just, I, I value, um, humor that comes from my, from my family, um, that I was, as I was growing up, it's a, it was a family value that whenever something bad would happen, you have two options. You can be sad about it or you can laugh about it. Um, and my family growing up, we always found ways to laugh about it. Um, in, and, and it might seem strange, you know, in, in really catastrophic, horrible, tragic situations, you know, enough time passes by and we'll find something that was fun or funny about it. Um, and so I believe that that is also true. Um, that if we can apply that idea, always looking for the opportunities to find humor, uh, to laugh as a team, um, to be able to laugh at yourself, um, and, and bring that to whatever it is that you are leading and creating. Um, I think that's a huge value, uh, for me in, in my leadership. So I don't have anything specific that I would point to that I'd be like, Oh my goodness, this one time this thing happened and it was hilarious. Cause I think it, it happens often. Um, I want to work with fun people. I like having funny, fun people on my team that are ready to laugh about whatever has just happened. Uh, and then we'll get ourselves together and go back to work. But, um, I think a lot can be, um, you know, people always point to, to the accountant as the most job, most boring job in the world. Um, I don't know that it is, I've never been one and I don't know too many accountants, but I do know <laughs> that, um, funny is funny. And my guess is even accountants, while they might have jokes about numbers and banking and other things <laughs> like that, uh, they have their oh, own man, jokes. So many jokes about numbers. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, like killer man, they're but so good. I, I think you can. I think you can. You can define a culture, um, a, a healthy culture. You can define pretty easily by how much they laugh. Um, and so, uh, I would, I would push for opportunities. There, there are, there are times to be serious for sure, but there are more times to laugh. And so, if you can, I think the times to be serious. Uh, you can, you can stomach those a lot easier if there are, if there are more equal or more times to laugh. So I don't have anything specific, but yeah. that's, that would, that I, I think laughter and humor and finding those things, it's super important. Yeah. And having worked with you, you are very funny and it's a great rehearsal process with you for sure. Thanks. So, um, and I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> to get away from my microphone, I don't want to break it. <laughs> oh my goodness! So that's Rob in a nutshell, everybody. <laughs> um, he's he's got a show to get to. Uh, I wanted to give this opportunity for you to uh, talk about your podcast and how people can find you, get in touch with you. Ask sure. you leadership questions if you want. Yeah. So my podcast is called The Leading Creative Podcast, where we bridge the gap between leadership and creativity. Um, so that is available on most anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and uh, I am performing regularly at Walt Disney World. And if you are looking to get in touch with me to find out where you can see me or meet up with me personally, you can reach out on Twitter or Instagram at Rob A. Lot, one B, two T's at Rob A. Lott on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a stand up guy, everybody. If you're in mm. the, in the Florida, in the Florida. Yeah. yeah. We'll just make it the Florida. Um, <laughs> there is just yeah. the one. Talented guy has a lot to offer. Clearly a good leader. And, um, just a, just a, you're swell. You're Thanks. just so nice, Rob. Thank you so much. I, this has been, sure. this has been wonderful. I, I, I love you. I love this idea. I love the, the podcast and I love, I love your contribution to the world and what you are bringing and, uh, every day. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, now she's crying. Uh. No, but really, thank you. That that genuinely, I'm I am clutching my heart because that really genuinely means a lot to me. That's very kind. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I would. I'm so grateful you are my guest, and you are the perfect guest to help uh, end this episode. It's now. It's time for farts. So oh, musically yes. fart however you like. Uh-huh. I'll give us a quick count in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and ready. then you go nuts. Okay. All right. Thank you, Rob Lott, for being here today. <laughs> and a one, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs>